0: was younger i didn't really you know you didn't take value and stuff like that you know what i mean i you just didn't because your mind's on other things you know going through adolescence going through puberty you know you know getting you know getting that sexual drive uh but now you know as you're older you're like man you know i can really you know just listen to some of that actually i listen to classical music uh and that surprises people but I, i don't like i listen to beethoven and all that good stuff but you ever heard of two cellos Absolutely! Oh yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, amazing I Amazing! Uh, have you ever seen them in concert? Yeah, I did. Oh, I did. Yeah, they were awesome. here in San Diego, and one of the guys hurt his ankle or something or his foot, and uh, but it was amazing. Like yeah. the talent, talent. Yeah, that's talent. Fucking curling ain't talent. Those guys are talent. You know,
1: I, I have all I have loved music. So I was in the Texas Boys Choir when I was a kid right? I had this angelic singing voice until I hit puberty. And then this, this is what you get. I mean, my voice, if I sing now, I sound like dying whale farts. Oh. <laughs> I mean, i you do not want to hear me sing. I don't do karaoke. I don't do, I get in the, I'll be in the shower and I get the radio blast and I'll sing along. But my kids, they'll go, we'll be listening to music and I'll sing along in the car. And my daughter will reach over and she'll go, Hey, who sings this? And I'll and I'll um, name the band, and she go, "Yeah, you're not him." Yeah. <laughs> you know? so I oh man, kids singing. are great at
0: really checks, man. They yeah. really are. Yeah. You know, if you were over here thinking like you're hitting the notes, man, and you're just pounding it, and you're just nailing this song, and they just like put the hand in and be like, "You need to stop." I'm crying because it hurts.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my, kids, my kids will. I mean, they'll turn off the radio. They'll go, "Oh shit, get silence." Even if the radio is blasting, just a little bit of my voice coming into it. They're like that, yeah, we'd rather suffer in silence than suffer with you singing dad. So
0: that's funny. That's funny, man. So you went to, so you went to college, you got a college degree and beer pong and and women chasing. Yep. And so oh, when so when did you when did you go on the Marines? Like
1: right after college or no, so uh President, that was back in President Ronald Reagan's days, okay. and all of our ROTC contracts, they were doing the defense drawdowns So remember yeah. the the uh-huh. Berlin Wall was collapsing. We didn't need the military anymore. So I'm sitting there. Well,
0: not really. I was born in 82. Oh.
1: oh. Yes. <laughs> so this is that same time person. Yeah. Anyways, back then, um, so they, they're letting us, they let us all out of our ROTC obligations, you know? So I come back to San Diego and I'm like this lost puppy, you know? So I thought, well, shit. So I put myself through the police academy as an open enrollee at Southwestern College. Um, and... When I had gone through Army ROTC, I went um, during, you can do your summer ROTC training. So I went and did Ranger school. Um, and I, So I did all this really tactical. I was gonna be a special forces guy. I was gonna be that guy, you know? But now they're letting, you know, I didn't even have a chance to go in. And so I came back here and, you know, I was kind of, and I I'd always had a job my entire life. I always, when I was in college, I washed dishes at the Ramada Inn or else I was a desk clerk for a budget rent a car. Or I was a driver, a deadhead driver for budget. Um, or I worked out at this, the Green Tree Hotel, um, doing check ins for truckers that were going across. But I always had a job. So here I was just out of college, right? And I had no job. So I come home, I get to my parents' house, and they're like, well, what do you want to do? And I'm like, well, I don't know. What, what do you do with a biology degree? You know, I was like, I was the, I, the only reason I studied biology was because it was interesting to me. And it would get me my degree so I could go in this, I would have a degree, go and be an officer in the yep. service. And I'm sitting there and I was totally freaking lost. You know, I, I was like, so I got a job doing security at a shopping mall and I was like, well, you know, and I, a buddy of mine said, hey, come be a, you know, put yourself through the police academy, maybe you could be a cop. And I was like, I could see that, you know? So I enrolled out at Southwestern College, put myself through the academy and, um a buddy of mine, a sergeant with, uh, uh, Southwestern college, or I'm sorry, with, uh, Chula Vista PD. He's like, Hey, come on over. Let me introduce you to Lieutenant Dan Parch. And, um, he, and he was in the martial arts. So we had a connection. Um, and he was a big Taekwondo guy. And, um, so we, you know, we talked to some matches and, and he said, well, you have to do two semesters. You have to complete the whole Academy, you know, before you get hired. And I was like, I don't know if I wanted. I was just kind of wishy-washy. I was just, I wasn't used to being a wash, so I'm working as a security guard, and so they let me be a reserve police officer, and I was teaching marksmanship. I'm a really, I'm a pretty good shot. And so I'm down there teaching the cadets that are going through the academy and stuff. Um, I'm down there with Alan Cotton teaching people how to shoot. And I was, I kind of had a good time with that and stuff, and, and um, but I just didn't, you know, and so I went up to visit my dad, uh, and he had a house just outside of the back gate at Camp Pendleton. And um, we go to this bar, the same bar that he had met my mother in, the Red Vest, right? It's infamous up there. So we go to this bar, and I'm sitting there, and my dad's holding court. My dad's like the old-school infantry Marine. like When my dad's holding court, everybody's there. And um, and I'm like, yeah, well, I went through ranger training as an ROTC. I'm talking my big shit game. Uh... And uh, I could kill 52 people with my left thumb, and I'm, you know, I'm running my mouth like a smart Alec. And my dad goes, "Bullshit." He goes, "I bet you couldn't even graduate Marine Corps boot camp." And I was like, "Bullshit." I go, "I could walk through boot camp." And he goes, "Bullshit." And I go, "I go, yeah." And my dad laid a dollar bill out on the bar, and he goes, "I bet you a dollar you can't." So I whooped out my dollar bill. I go, "Oh yeah, I bet you I could, right?" So we continued drinking, and they're hazing me, and you know, and I, I you know, I said, "Well, I was going to be a Marine, but they..." canceled the program and I'm, you know, and, and I'm full of shit. I was yeah. nothing. I was, yeah, I, yeah. was yeah, I was dirt. You're talking a lot of hot air. And I'm, you know, but now I understand I'm a pretty, you know, I was a state champ wrestler and I'm, a, you know, I'm pretty accomplished martial artist. I've been in some pretty big tournaments and stuff. And and so we go back, we're done drinking. We go back to my house, to my dad's house. And I'm, you know, crashed out on the couch drooling next morning. He comes in, flips the couch over with me in it. Liam dumps me on the floor and he goes, Let's go. You're signing up. And I go, What are you talking about? He goes, He goes, Are you going to welch on your ballot? He goes, I bet you a dollar you couldn't graduate boot camp. And I'm, and I was sitting there and I was at that point in my life where I wasn't doing anything. And I'm like, You know what? Fuck you. I go, Let's go. So we drive down to the recruiter's office and he got, and uh, I go, What's the toughest job in the Marine Corps? And he goes, Well, you know, force recon is the most challenging, um, but academically it's air traffic control school. I go. Can I do both? And they go. You can try because we have <laughs> what are called fat Cs, Ford air traffic controllers. And so you're you're an FAA trained air traffic controller, but you get to go out with these super cool dudes, right? Yeah. And I'm thinking I'm going to be one of the super cool dudes. Wrong. I am the freaking, I am the air wing poke. When we get out there, uh, I'll we'll get to that story in a little bit. But uh, oh, your the poem just arrived. So anyways. Um, so I go and I'm like, I, I shine up. And my dad is the most brutal human being in the world. So I go, yeah. So I go, I go, put me on a contract. I'll I'll do air traffic control school. And then I'm going to volunteer for force recon. And, and cause back then they'll take you no matter yeah. what you did, if you can do it right. right. So I'm thinking, I'm going to be this. And you know, everybody claims to be recon in the marine corps like they're some hardcore just team. like fucking everybody in the Navy is a navy seal oh absolutely right i oh, the other night i met an air force guy told me he was in the air force he was a seal don't uh, get me started uh, oh so. <laughs> no, i mean like I, dude I, i'm all about these stories dude i love them you know so, so i go down there and my dad's already got this recruiter. it's a sunday morning we were drinking on a saturday night the recruiter comes in this young staff sorry hey sir how you doing Total fanboy of my dad, right? Oh, we'll sign him up. They've got the paperwork ready to go. And I'm like, you know what? I'll, you know, F you, I'll do it, right? So I go to boot camp, right? I get to boot camp. We go through the silver. So the first week is called your silver silver bullet because they shave your head and you walk around with your trousers and blouse. And they treat treat you like dirt, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, we're sitting there and um uh I get dropped to my platoon, right? And the senior drill instructor is this tall, gangly, big-lipped, weird-looking dude. And he goes, and he's going down, and he gets down, he goes, Nolte, he goes, are you any relation to? And I go, sir, by relation to who, sir? And he goes, hmm, John McNulty, Hubert Nulty, Thomas Nulty. I go, sir, Thomas Nolte, <laughs> I go, sir, the colonel is, this recruits father. And he goes, really? Okay. Good. Good Special case. Special yep. case. <laughs> I, like, and I went in there. I didn't tell anybody anything about my family, nothing. Right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you didn't want goes, to draw
0: attention to yourself.
1: Yeah, no, you don't. Right. So, well, my father made sure that that never, ever anyway. So I get dropped to this guy's platoon every single morning. So this guy is a staff sergeant used to be the NBC chief at my dad's battalion right? Knows my dad, they're like coffee buddies. 500 they're banging the trash cans. Nulty, get on the quarter deck. Everybody else is still putting on their shoes and stuff. I'm in my skivvies and socks, and he's all, beat your face, you know? One, sir, two, sir. And I'm sitting there pushing. Hey, Colonel, Staff Sergeant Gallagher here. Just letting you know your son's getting strong, and he'd hold out the phone, and I'm out there just every (laughs) single freaking morning, right? And I'm like, and I'm getting ready to just kill my dad, right? Yeah, no, he wants to win the bet. Oh, you know? yeah. oh God, yeah, so so then, end of first phase of boot camp. So Marine Corps boot camp is three, four phases now because they got the crucible. But end of first phase, right? So they have a rule: if you get candies or chocolate, you need to get at least one for everybody in the platoon, or you have to eat them all at once and slug a canteen of water, and then do push-ups till you throw it up. That's just that's just a rule. Yeah, exactly. I, I was
0: a bonehead yeah. who did not follow the rule and try to get my own fucking, you know, chocolate fix in boot camp.
1: Yep. So my dad, so my dad's like, oh, and my dad's talking to my senior drill instructor, like at least two, three times a week. So he's like, oh, so he would mail me 68. So we had 72 guys in our platoon. He mails me 68 <laughs> these chocolates with nuts. I hate nuts in my kid. I love chocolate, love yeah. caramel, but he got me the, he knows this shit that I hate. You know, man. Yeah. 68. He's got, I got three boxes of these chocolates, right? But nope. not enough. Nope. Not enough. One for everybody and the drone. So he's like, nope. So I'm slugging these chocolates, oh. right? And then slam a of water, push ups till you puke. And then you got to clean it up, right? Yep. So I've yep. got this slurry. And of course, you know, anybody who's in my squad has to help me because you got to help, you know, yep. the teamwork thing, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> but at the end of third phase i am not i am not that popular right I'm, you, but, but i'm a 300 pft I'm, I'm doing excellent you know pft wise yeah second phase is field training up at camp pendleton you know i'm i'm battalion high shooter i'm you know i mean i'm dead ringing it i'm you know so they're like they're like man so just-
0: not only you're getting special attention from all the drill instructors you know but you're also fucking killing it you know, so oh, yeah. now like everybody's like, I hate you because you're bringing attention to us. You're making us sweat. You're making us get beat. Oh, yeah. and you're fucking number one. How yeah. is this happening?
1: Yeah. So yeah, that and that was it. I had, I have, I still have to this day. I have some of my best friends in the world: Howie Howell, uh, John Howell, and Ray Schwab. The guys that I was in boot camp. I, I went to boot camp with some phenomenal guys. But anyways. So we go up to field training, I kill it, right? Battalion high shooter. I know I'm getting an award, you know, on graduation, and I'm ready to smoke that expert rifle badge right in my dad's face. Yeah. Right. So we come back down to MCRD and third phase, right? And this is you doing mess and maintenance and doing some other stuff, or you're getting fitted for your uniforms. And you know, it's not that you're still, you know, getting beaten. Final drill and final PFT and stuff like that. And one day, this box shows up in our uh, squad bay, uh, our platoon deck actually. And it's this big, huge box. And it says to the drill instructors of platoon 1034, right? And it's signed Colonel Nolte USMC, (laughs) right? So my drill instructor opens up this box and pulls, you know what butcher paper is, you know, the big white, white sheet. So there's rolled up butcher paper and it's a banner. And the banner says to the drill instructors of platoon 1034. My son recruit commandant multi says that he doesn't get enough exercise and that you are all a bunch of panty wasted little fuckers. Right. And it, and it goes on and he says, you know, I really wish you would have instilled some discipline in his soul. He's writing home telling us that, you know, this is a piece of cake and he doesn't even break a sweat with you and the whole night. Right. <laughs> and, and then inside. So there's a rule that you beat your face. If, so if girls send you uh glitter or perfume or anything like that. So they, so they pull out, and my dad has mailed my drill instructors with their names, granny panties, right? Just doused in Chanel number five, that nasty women's perfume, right? And senior drill instructor, Staff Sergeant Gallagher, big old. I mean, these were for size. These are for women. That, yeah, yeah. I mean, this was 10. We could have replaced our GP tents with a size. <laughs> big, nasty granny panties, right? And I look at. They straight and so they put this banner outside of our squad bay, right? So every drill instructor on the base is coming by going, where's multi? I got bent. They bent me religiously. I came out of, I mean, I had muscular earlobes when I came out. <laughs> I mean Your earlobes had six pack. <laughs> so, yeah. so, I mean, they just beat the snot out of me. And um and I was like, just it was just horrible. The only guy who came out of boot camp in better shape than me was Recruit Green, who just finished being the sergeant major of the Marine Corps. What? we were boot campings, yes. So, so, dark green, black as night, whitest teeth in the known universe. <laughs> like, like, he'd close his mouth, you couldn't see him at night, he'd smile, and you could see the whole football field. I mean, it was just <laughs> So, I mean, and this guy was just... This just cracking, and, and it was funny, because he he's the only person I ever saw who never feared getting bent. Because you get... He get tired of getting smoked, you know? They yeah. take you out in there, and he would just, so we would be doing hygiene inspection at night, and the drill instructors would go, he was straight across the squad bay from me, right? And the drill instructors would go by him, and they'd be coming up this way, and he would start breakdancing. And you're supposed to be at attention, right? And he oh, would breakdance. Oh, man. Well, the drill instructor looking in the mirror, in the window over my shoulder, I could totally see what he's doing, yeah. and then he'd turn around and green be back at attention, you know? <laughs> Anyways, he was, just, he was just a character. So anyways, but, so that's, that's, you can uh, tease the shit out of the former Sergeant Major in the Marine Corps for that. So just, uh, but anyway, so. uh, We might have to send him a clip of this, you know, with him dancing and you laughing,
0: you know? like
1: (laughs) He's like, you know, doing his thing. Anyways, so, uh, so finally graduation day comes around. So I get wheeled out in my dress blues, right? And, um, and uh, so like the battalion, Honor man and platoon honor man and uh, battalion high shooter, we get to wear our dress blues on graduation and stuff like that. So, my dad had to suck it up and watch me walk out there. And then I got to give him my first Marine Corps salute to my dad, wearing my little marksmanship hoodie shooter badge. And he was just, yeah, I tell ya, you, you could have, you couldn't have pried his lips close. He was smiling like you wouldn't believe, you know? I mean that that was a bet he did not want to lose and oh, no. the the
0: satisfaction I bet he was a proudest father oh, that yeah. day watching his son not only endure a hellacious marine you know boot camp and you got to understand like not everybody graduates marine boot camp there's a a, a, a probably what a 20% dropout rate maybe Twenty twenty-five. 25? Yeah, yeah, 20, 25% dropout rate. So it's not easy. It's not for the faint of heart going in this. You're going to get punished. It's a life-changing but, experience. But it's you didn't anything. get punished. You got the fucking hell beat out of you <laughs> day in, day I out, did. until the day you graduated boot camp. And I'm sure the pain didn't really stop there. You know, oh, I mean, yeah. probably a little bit. I mean, probably mostly, but now it was more like, now it's like, all right, he proved me wrong. He went out there and only did it, but kicked the fucking ass doing it. And that's
1: oh, yeah. awesome. Well, so my so this is how my military career is going all back and forth. So when I was just got dropped to boot camp, six days after I entered boot camp, Saddam invaded Kuwait. It was the start of Desert Shield Desert Storm. Wow. So they literally they walked into it. So I had enlisted to be so, in order to do my warrant officer flight training that I wanted to do, I had to do my aviation MOS. I was gonna be that fat C and I was yeah. gonna I was gonna be that hardcore dude. I get there. Uh, our senior drill instructor walks in six days in boot camp and he goes, Hummina, I'm gonna, Hummina I'm gonna X ray, you're all infantry. We're like, No, we're not infantry. We're not, you know, we're not. He goes, He goes, Yeah. Yeah, um, you are today. As well, it just cow- like that,
0: just like that, walks in and goes, We're changing your job. All you guys are infantry now. The show wouldn't be made possible without our sponsors, Red, White, and Badass Bird and Go Man Go Productions.
1: All of you guys could be, well, he said you could be. He said, just so you know right now for the good of the Marine Corps, your MOS's are not, your contracts um are not guaranteed at this point. And I'm like, no, my mom said I could do this, my dad, you know, and I, and I was never that guy that was gonna like, you know, I'm like, you know what? My, my dad, so my dad served under uh Commandant Gray and they were friends. I actually dated Commandant Gray's daughter. I'll tell you that story. Really. So anyways, Tried to get my dad fired out of the Corps, but so anyways, I'm like, so they go and so they put us into this holding pattern. So you know, off we go to to SOI School of Infantry. We're up there, we do MCT, and they go and I'm I have no idea where I'm going to go. They they and they go, they go. You're not deployable. You're not a you're you're slated to go to this recon unit, but you're not a, you're not a recon. You're just a you're nothing, you know. And they go and I go. Well, I'm supposed to go to air traffic control school. So they sit me around for three months on barracks duty, trying to figure out where they're going to, and then they send me off to air traffic control school. So I'm in air traffic control school. I ace it. I'm the number one graduate of the most academically challenging thing in the Marine Corps, right? And I come out, and they're like, and right now, and so Desert, and by that time, um, Desert Shield is done, and we're kicking off Desert Storm. And um, and they go, they go, hey, you know, you're, you're slated to go over there with Delta Company, but you're not, re, you're not qualified. You're not MOS qualified. And they go, I go, I'm, I'm MOS qualified as a fat C, as an air traffic controller. And so we jiggled it around back and forth, talked to this infantry colonel who's running the, the program. And he goes, and he goes, you know, you look solid. You're a good 300 PF tier, expert marksman. You know, you've, you've aced everything in the military so far. He goes, I'm gonna go ahead and let you go. And I was like, yeah, right? So I get out there and I show up to this recon unit. I'm like, I'm your new man. And they're like, shut the fuck up, you airwing wing pogue piece of dirt. They're like, go scrub the heads. You're not, I, cause you're nothing. I'm not, yep. I'm, I'm yep. not, right? I'm like, I'm gonna be a recon marine. No, you're not. You're gonna be some guy that follows us around and lands airplanes, right? So I'm like, so they treated me. So again, the hazing starts, right? Yep you're nothing, you're a piece of dirt, you no, you know? And I'm like, oh my God, you know? And um, so finally, they get trucked over there. So so Delta Company 4th Recon Battalion is the reserve unit. So they go over there to augment three MEF and they're getting ready to go in. And I go in and I wind up at al Air Base. And I'm that guy sitting in the tower, landing planes, two seven right, you know, all I'm yeah. doing is sitting there. And we're, every once in a while, we'll take some rounds and stuff. But the recon unit is running QRF into al-Baghdadi and stuff. And uh, QRF
0: is quick reaction force.
1: Yes. Yeah. Sorry. So and I'm begging, you know, and every time I'm like, can I please just get out of the control tower? You know, and they're like, yeah, you can go sit. You can be, you know, I was a unit. I was a unit designated marchman. um, And uh, so I I would go sit on a rifle and watch and Al-Asad Air Base. So al-Baghdadi. Let me see if I can do it on the screen so it looks like. So Abigdadi is to the slightly to the north and east of al Air Base. And it's just a pit. It's a bunch of mud huts and um, there's some commercial buildings down by the Euphrates River. It's right at the curve in the Euphrates River. And anyways, can't get over there, can't get, uh, and they're like, you, you wanna do some extra work? Bam, I'm washing dishes in the freaking mess hall. I mean, I, they just slump <laughs> me out to everything. So finally I get to run one, one convoy escort Uh, into al-Baghdadi and then they run qrf i got a chance to jump on one of the humbers because they were grabbing people to go and that was it you know and uh, but i still got to hang out and i got to go through all the training and those guys get great training i got to go to the bob Bondurant driving school like like for defensive driving all the cool special forces training those guys get man and then the reason they really hated me is because then they would have an admin stand-down day, and I go, "Oh yeah, sorry, I have to go over to El Toro and sit my position as an air traffic controller." So while they're field day in the hummers, yeah, and pain, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm over in an air conditioned room, right? <laughs> so I'm not inspiring any uh, right joy, you know. Yeah, yeah. Right. My best battle buddy is Charles Norton. Um, he was my he was my swim buddy and um, best my best friend to this day. I've put half of his kids through college. I love him to death. He's the best Marine you've. You don't ever want to share a foxhole with anybody else. He's just the man, you know. And um, so, anyways, it was uh, um, it, it, it was just great. I, the Marine Corps was so much fun. Yeah, uh, did out. you
0: do four? Did you do four and out,
1: or no, six I, and out, or whatever? No. Uh, so I came back. I was doing. We were training up at Camp Pendleton. Um, we were doing a low approach insertion, uh, and I was getting ready to unass the bird out the back. And the pilot drifted over the we were supposed to jump out onto grass, be about three feet off the deck. Turns out we were about 10 feet off the deck, um, and we were over concrete. I oh, went off no. the back with my full load, shattered both of my ankles, both of my heels, just destroyed my feet, and that was it. So I spent nine months in physical therapy, got done, and then I'm like, and they're like, dude, you're not deployed, you're not coming on I'm like. I'm like I'm, I gotta, you know, I'm, I'm waiting to be dual cool. Yeah. When you have a bubble in a in your wings, you're called dual cool. I'm like, hey, you know, I got all this training. I'm I'm I got my bubble. I'm scuba certified. I'm jump qualified. You know, I just need to finish this stuff. You know, and um, and recon is recon is not so much that it's hard. It's just a mental challenge. Mm-hmm. And it, they they say you can make it through. The only thing you have to do is not quit.
0: Yeah, you, know? you, you and so beat I yourself know
1: where to go and they told me they said no you're you're not even deployable with us with the injuries you're out you're done yeah and so I'm like well what the hell am I gonna do now so I go back I, I wind up back at El Toro um they're slotting me in but they want me to go active duty full-time you know uh to sit my position and I'm like I'm like no I go I'm going into the reserves I'm gonna you know I've, I've already started this security company and and
0: um so you started the security company while you're in the
1: Marine well, I was a lance corporal in the Marine Corps. Yeah, and what's yeah, funny is, fine. as a lance corporal, I was I filed taxes. <laughs> Excuse me, as a lance corporal, it's and really I made more money one year than my dad, who was an 06 colonel.
0: So was it? But was it the high security? Uh, you know, the no, like that you have now.
1: We were we were doing apartment complexes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Low I level mean, security type even, stuff. I was yeah. I was rent a cop. Totally. I yeah. was Paul Blart. You're a Paul Blart. <laughs> yeah, I, had, I had a shopping center, the Flower Hill Mall Dude. in Del Mar. Uh, well, I was about to say, did you
0: have a Segway? But I don't think Segways were a thing back no, then. No, not back then. Yeah.
1: This was back before there were cell phones. We had pagers. Oh, if fuck. One okay, of the tenants yeah. wanted us, if they were having a shoplifter, they would page us. Dude, and they would have a sweet code instead of a phone number. I, I worked. I
0: worked. So I worked security as well in Oklahoma at a hospital. And they had a <laughs> Segway they had a oh, segue. Really? Oh yeah, they had a segway and I would ride this fucking segway around. I got actually I got in trouble and almost fired because of this fucking segway. Like cuz cops would come, you know, and I was I was going to be a cop. So, you know, I'd joke around with the cops and kind of hang out with them when they come. And uh, so I'd ride over there with a Segway and like wheel it like Paul Blart, you know, just fucking, just, you know, <laughs> screeching the tires on this stupid ass Segway, and uh, and then I was like, all right, you know, so I cops were like, oh, let me ride. I was like, yeah, okay, fuck it, because the guy who was running the security department uh, was ex Oklahoma City, uh, like oh. a lieutenant or something like that in Oklahoma City Police oh. Department, retired and he's still trained and still taught at the academy. And uh, anyway, so this this fucking cop gets on this damn Segway and he's just like. Whoa And just start Just going like back I was just like He might die This was the two wheel like, model, not, the yeah, the two-wheel model. Yeah, not Yeah the two wheel model Yeah not the three wheel model The two wheel model and I was like He might die Like I was I, like But it's gonna be cool Like I, I'm okay with it You know like he got on it On his own accord Well I was supposed to Well they didn't quite 5150 this guy Who I guess tried to commit suicide Or something Or had a He, he was having a mental Just breakdown And he fucking Jumps out of his room Somehow Gets out of his room Jumps over Hits this little girl And Takes off running in, in the hospital And I'm over here Fucking around with the Segway with the cops And I I get in picture Actually I lost my lead Role As a security The security The shift lead uh, Because of that And I was just like Man fuck it I'm okay with it Like eh. Alright I was like it, it was worth it It was worth it We had fun um, And uh, it, Yeah Yeah that's why I was just like when you said I was like, shit, man. If you had a segue, that would be that'd be awesome. Uh, but that okay. was that was my security days then. Um, but yeah, so you uh so you had this company and you freaking started building it and you made more money than your dad as a Lance Corporal.
1: Yeah. And, and he was a in one year. Yeah, just in that one year. My dad had some pretty cool investments. Uh, my father was was really well off Epcot yeah. Center in Florida. It used to all be swampland yep. my dad bought it back during the Vietnam War he bought a whole bunch of that swampland that is now the Epcot Center so what? when he sold to Disney yeah he he had it cashed he had, out big
0: time oh yeah
1: he he raked it you know
0: so you uh so you got medically retired out of the or did you you got separated I did not left.
1: I so they 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 told me I was no longer going to have any kind of deployable role. Yeah. So I was like, well, what am I gonna do? I'm like, well, I'll go over to the MPs, you know. So <laughs> the most hated people, unit in the Marines. <laughs> the, the most hated, yeah, Blue Falcon. Yeah. I, and, I, and there were some guys in my unit that were true Blue Falcons. All they wanted to do was screw over the and I'm yeah. I, you know, and I came from from you know, these other I had most of these guys were young that had gone into the Marine Corps to become MPs to become cops. Right. Well, a lot of police departments don't like MPs. Right. Just as as a recruiting venue. It doesn't do you anymore. They like to see infantry guys. They like to see, you know, anyways. So I get in there and uh I get on the SRT team. I wind up, so I'm on the SWAT, the Marine Corps SWAT team. From there, I segue. So we we I get assigned to an air wing military police unit, and they do the SRT uh and HRT and what's called trap, tactical recovery of airframes and pilots, air crew and pilots. Um, which is hostage rescue missions. Yeah. So I again get to go to all this cool training and I'm doing all this special operations stuff. I get to go to Army Sniper School, um, where I kicked it, loved it. Um and I um, had a I had a I had a really good time. I had a really good time yep. in the in the military police. Um got to do some cool stuff. Didn't like doing hated garrison. I hated yeah. being a base MP guy yeah. driving around. You know, writing. I I I think I wrote one Marina ticket in three years that I was there. Yeah. And he, and he had not only did he earn it by being really freaking stupid, but then he was talking about. It. I'm like, dude, I'm trying to cut you some slack. Yeah. Fuck you, you blue falcon. I'm like, okay. Did what? you get that off your chest? He's like, yeah. We, you know, if you were a real marine, I'm like, I'm like, buddy, you had just, no idea. You know, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, I go, okay. I go. He goes, just write me the fucking deal. I go, okay. I said, I'm, you know, I wasn't so command letter goes off but other than that you know i was you know and guys would go they're like you're not going to write me up and i'm like no man i'm just telling you to slow down i did have so i'm going to tell you my mp joke Here, you okay. ready for that? i'm ready so i'm sitting i'm posted up at a stop sign right and um this guy comes through and he blows through the stop sign and speed limit's like 25 he goes through the stop sign at 35 right and um so i'm like i'm gonna i'm gonna talk to him so i pull out get behind him and Pull him over and and uh, I go, hey, you know, and he and of course, so here I am, I'm a I'm a corporal and he's a staff sergeant. Right. And I go, Hey, staff sergeant. I go, you know, we generally like you to slow down below the speed limit when you run our stop signs, right? <laughs> yeah. it's trying to be funny. Yeah, right? yeah. And he looks at me and he goes, he goes he goes faster, slower. He goes, he goes, slow down, stop. What's the difference? So I grab the fucker by the neck, I pull him out of his car. And I start just wasting him, and I go, "Do you want me to slow down or do you want me to stop?" Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I like that. I like that joke, man. That's a good one, you know. So it wasn't. I don't true. know if that'll Literally, go viral. I'm yeah, a staff non-commissioned officer. You notice me rolling my eyes.
0: So, yeah. yeah, So you, uh, so you, you had the security company, Marine. You get out of the Marines at at some point, yeah. right? I mean, yes. you you get out of the Marines. And and then you, you you still have the security company though. Yeah, and then so, you go into
1: law enforcement. Um, I did so. I had gone through the academy, and so I wound up working with the U.S. Marshals as a detention officer in their in their transporting subjects that were getting ready to be transported. Yeah. So my buddy Charles, who I've been my recon buddy, my swim buddy, um, had gotten on with the the um, U.S. Marshals uh, Con Air. Right, uh-huh. so he's transporting these knuckleheads <laughs> all over the country, and so he introduces me to the SAC in San Diego. We meet out at the airport because I'm meeting him. We're chatting off to the side, and the guy goes, "Hey, you know, if you're interested, we need D.O.s, you know." So I start working part time down there. What's a D.O.? Detention officer.
0: Okay, all right. In
1: the jail, so federal prisoners. Um, there's actually there's a jail downtown San Diego, so I go down there and I'm working part time helping them out with. You know, courthouse security and stuff like that. And
0: why you're Why you an air marshal? No, I'm not a not oh, yet. Okay.
1: So, oh, gotcha. Okay, so, okay, gotcha. So anyway, so I'm a, So he gets me this hookup, and then um, so I worked in there for a little bit, and then um, uh, a buddy of mine's recruiting for the state police. He goes, "Hey, come over and work with us. You know, you just have to recertify your post, your peace officer standards for training." Yep. And I'm like, oh, OK. So I, then I go over and I work in the university system. I'm a campus comp at the college. And um, I do that. And uh, fucking Van Wilder with a badge. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh, and then um, I got recruited uh, to go into the uh, because I'd worked in the DO system as a DO. Um, I got recruited by the U.S. Department of Commerce. As a background investigator, so all I was doing was fingerprints and background checks. That's all I I started off doing, and um, and then they said so. Then they opened up a position as a criminal investigator, and um, my SAC, my supervisor, special agent, goes, "I would really love to see you take this on," and I'm like, I'm like, you know, I'm I'm doing. And the, what was cool is I could do I can come in and work for like four hours in the morning doing, and then this was back way before because this is 20 years before COVID. I could go, I could work remote and do backgrounds, making phone calls, driving around town, checking people out and stuff like that. And um, so it was really cool because I could also work my security company. I could be sitting in a shopping mall parking lot, doing stuff on my computer, watching for car thieves, yeah. and I'm getting paid from the government and I'm getting paid as a security guard and I'm making my phone call, doing my thing. So I was I was double dipping pretty hard. Yeah,
0: you were moonlighting, man. Yeah,
1: <laughs> so I got on with the Department of Commerce um, and I wound up in charge of their criminal investiga- in- investigations division out here. And um, I did interstate rail and trucking fraud. Um, I worked a couple of big cases, stuff that was, um, the hobos would get on trains and they, as it they, was coming across the desert, they would break into the container uh, the Connex boxes that were on the rail cars. They would cut through, they would have a little battery powered grinder, cut the locks off or cut the steel bars, whatever, open up these containers and they would break in and they would know like this container number, such and such, because they would get intel from the guys at the docks. So Uh when you buy your TV at Best Buy, right? Uh It comes from Japan, China, Taiwan, wherever, goes down south, goes through the Panama Canal and get because of unions, gets unloaded in New Jersey at Newark or uh, New York Harbor, right? Because unions, because that's where it has to come in. Then that con- same connex box gets loaded onto a a, a a rail car and trucks across the country and winds up in California. So I was doing cases like where the, so these hobos would find out a connex box number, a container number, climb up, they would hop onto the chain and as they were going across the desert, they would cut these Connex boxes open, and they would take these TVs, big screen TVs, electronics, whatever, and they just throw them off the side of the train. With it. so so they go through, like they go through Yermo or they go through yeah. Barstow, the train coming across the country on Barstow, and so some of the electronics would break from being tossed off the train. Some of it wouldn't. Well, what was happening was we had this guy at Best, Buy, a manager at Best Buy. And what he was doing is he was selling floor models for cash. And anybody that paid cash, he would slip them one of these TVs. So he's selling them at slightly less margin. Now, a hot TV, if you go to buy an inbox TV at the swap meet, you're going to pay about 50%. People are going to go, they're going to know it's sketchy. Also, detectives are all over swap meets looking for that stuff, right? But this guy had it sorted out. He was like, He's like, I'm selling floor models, and he would say, "Hey, I'll give you an even better deal if you pay me cash." And the guy would say, "Okay." He goes, "I can give you a cash discount," and he would, and he would write up a store receipt, you know, but on a separate pound of paper, and then he would go out back, pull one of these stolen TVs from across the country, and sell it to the guy. And the guy's got a receipt for valid, and he yeah, put the, the serial number on it.
0: Yeah, the customer doesn't know any difference. No,
1: nope, not until a warranty claim comes up. Ah. And if and so that's eventually how we got wise to this guy is this guy comes back, he goes, Hey, my TD doesn't work. Turned out it had actually gotten a little damaged when it got tossed off of the rail car. And he tried to have it replaced under warranty. They go in, they look the serial number up, shows it's stolen or lost, right? And they're like, Yeah, we're not honoring this warranty. The guy makes us think. They come in, so the the local detective gets a hold of us and goes, Hey, you know, we think this guy is hinky. We don't know where he's getting his stuff. And that's where our team came in. So we would we would literally post up out in the desert with binoculars and watch these hobos throwing stuff off. And then a van would come along and pick up the electronics. And then we'd track the van back. and.
0: I, and it's up. like Fast and the Furious, right? In that scene where they're, I mean, not quite so that not crazy. It's I mean, cool. totally weird. All we did
1: was sit there and sweat and call it into local law. <laughs> <You, you, laughs> so right. we yeah. sat out there in a the blazing hot sun bar right? Yeah, Sit down no, the hillside garbage. With- with spotting scopes, these telescopes and binoculars. And, That's yeah.
0: – so how did you – so you went into – how did you get
1: into – did you get into local law enforcement eventually? No, since then, no. I, I retired out as from the U.S. Department of Commerce. Wait, you Laws retired out? Yeah, so I used okay. – I My initial time in the Marine Corps, um, that combined with my federal service time with Department of Commerce is what qualified me for my retirement. I had to combine the two. Your federal okay. service time – military time will count towards uh, now, I, I, the more I talk to you, man,
0: more fascinating this is because you're but like, I mean, my wife would be
1: rolling her eyes. listening. <laughs> that,
0: that's why i said like, well, you got to leave her God, at home. So okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, that's fascinating. Uh, so you retired out at, but you also said you've been into with well, shootouts and stuff as a law enforcement officer, right? Yeah.
1: So I did. So I, um, um, back when I, when I worked, I was, a um, so again, this is the case. So we were up in Long Beach and we were trying to, uh, serve a warrant on this warehouse where stolen goods were coming in. And, um, we had a guy come out and, um, uh, come out and we had a shootout in an alley up in Long Beach. Um, and then, uh, we had a, um, when I was working uh, as a as a state cop, uh, they put me on RAT, regional auto theft. So I wasn't even working at the university campus. I was working on a task force out in town trying to catch auto thieves. And we had a guy, um, we had set up a bait car. Yeah. And uh, so the guy gets into a Honda Accord and this guy climbs into it. And we have a trigger we can hit and the doors lock, the windows roll up, and we're supposed to have him trapped, right?
0: Just like the ones on TV. Yeah, just like on TV,
1: right? So we're in a van on the side of this AMPM. We've got a bait car parked out front where they've been losing cars. They'd actually had some carjackings. You know, people would, you know, leave their car going to pay for their gas. and sure. These guys would jump in and take off. So we leave this car there. We have a, a bad key in the ignition. And um, so this guy jumps into a car with his friend, right? And as soon as they close the door... We go, we got them, And we hit the lock button and uh, because we had the windows uh, down so they could reach in and unlock the door, right, because they see the key. And um, so they jump in, the windows start going up, and this guy's trying to open the door, and he freaks out. So the driver is trying to drive. His friend pulls out this revolver, sticks it right in front of his face, and shoots at us out the window. Well, you know how a revolver isn't a sealed chamber like a semi-automatic? Yeah, he just blinded his fucking friend. The forcing cone, right, is, his friends got this line where the flames just, like, run down. It was a perfect, Right, he's got this red ash mark right in the middle of his face, right? But the round goes off, and, and um, the window shatters, and so they both unass the vehicle. And as soon as our round, as soon as we heard the round, everybody hits the deck, and, you know, we're scrambling around and try and of course we're on regional other so back then vests weren't required right you know so we're all running back to our car throwing on our- <laughs> <laughs> so by then this guy's run down into a canyon and he's down in the canyon and you know pointing his uh gun so at- I-, I i had stopped because i felt kind of funny and um, all of a sudden i see the hand with the revolver come out of a bush and is pointing at a couple of officers that were down the way so um so I jump on the guy, tackle him, and um, I knock the gun out of his hand. Well, the two cops are over, and they're, re- they're San Diego police on, and they're ready to just drill this guy because they see the revolver. Yeah. And I'm like, no, 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 don't shoot. Don't shoot him. And afterwards, the suspect looks at me and goes, dude, you were willing to take a bullet for me. And he starts to crying. I've never had anybody do that. You know, I'm like, well, i was about ready to kill you myself. Don't, <laughs> yeah. don't think that you and I are buddies now. Yeah, yeah. You know, So uh, oh, so wanted, you know, so I throughout my, yeah, so we had some pretty cool, uh, um, I had, I had a couple of, you know, uh, like I said, you, you force in it. it is, I rolled them all up. I stuck them in the book. Yeah. I, I kind of fictionalized yeah. them a little bit to make it fit the plot. and Sure. And, sure.
0: Know. So yeah. that book he's pointing to is a locker. So oh, yeah. if you want to hear about the stories, man, that you got to grab that book. You know, he is an entertaining writer for sure. <laughs> um, so you so you get you get through this so you're you know this is your you know first shootout kind of you know and you get this guy uh and all the while you still have the security company right yes and so you're you're in law enforcement and then you have the security company how dramatically has the police department and police departments changed since you oh. served
1: on it Let me get on my soapbox right now. Yeah, fucking get on it, man. Let's (laughs) lather up. So, yeah, you know, so back in the day, especially in rough parts of town, national city cops, old school national city cops are hard as freaking nails, right? They got, I mean, they're dealing with MS-13 gang members. It's just, it's a rough part of town. Chula Vista had a good part of that. And it used to be back in the day, you know, some guy would talk trash and you could put him up against the wall by his neck and give him a, you know, come to Jesus talk. It's like, hey, you know, you want to play by the rules of the jungle? I'm going to freaking go Tarzan on you. You know, don't come in here talking like you're some badass or something. So I'll thump your skull, you know? And um nowadays if you do something like that, man, you're they, going to jail. Oh, you're going to jail. Yeah, you can't yeah. even make a threat, you know? Yeah. And and it's to the point now these, you know, our poor law enforcement right now, their hands are so tied and we have these liberal DAs and every, everything's about optics, you know, uh-huh. and I can show you hours of video of people that they're, the criminals are no longer afraid of the law. They're not going to no. jail. Right, they because no, they're, they're not
0: going to jail. I mean, if the charges will probably get dropped.
1: Oh, oh we had you know? a guy in Escondido, uh, a good friend of mine on the Escondido Police Department, uh, came over and was telling me. So this guy broke into a sewing machine repair shop. The alarm goes off. The cops get him. They right? they call in and they say, hey, we got this 459 suspect. We're going to take him to jail. The jail calls back and says, no, we're not accepting for 459. Write him a site and release it. Right? So they write him a citation for the burglary. Right? Uh, no harm, uh, no criminal mischief intent can be proved. So it's a misdemeanor, misdemeanor burglary, right? They leave. The guy walks four doors down, breaks into another shop. Again, alarm goes off. He's destroying the place, right? Same officers come back. Oh, we got him now, right? Hook him up. He's in bracelets. Yeah, we got him again on another 459, separate case number, separate event number. Same day, same fucking night. Ah, Not even an hour apart, right? They call them. They go, so the DA liaison down at the jail is, no, we're not taking him." (laughs) And so they write him another citation. So, and they kick him loose, right? But now the cops stay in the area. Yeah, uh, Yeah, because he's going to do it again. Right? So he walks down the street, goes to BMW of Escondido, right? And the cops get another call, so they pull off of him. He breaks into BMW of Escondido, and the guy's drunk. The guy is hammered drunk, right? Breaks in, breaks into their service area, breaks the key box open, and takes the key to their detailing truck. The, the the truck. But, the, the detail so, right? all,
0: all the fucking keys in the box. And he picks not even a BMW. He just picks I, the fucking detailing truck. Up,
1: right? <laughs> right. So he takes this truck, crashes out through the gate, drives down and turns onto one of my commercial properties. Right. Drunk as a skunk, drives up over the lawn, hits a traffic baller, high centers the truck on this yellow post, a, a baller. Right and starts freaking out, right? Because he's bent the door, so he can't get out of the door. So they've got some tools in there. So he's, they, he takes a pair of bowl cutters and he just starts wrecking this car. He's prying the dash off. He cuts the steering wheel into chunks and just just destroys the car in this fit of rage. And this is like two o'clock in the morning. So the cops show up at the BMW dealership, but they have no idea The same well, guy? The same call- cops? Huh? Same cops as before? Yeah, oh, a bunch of them, anyways. But as he drives away from the dealership, he crashes, he like literally plays pinball going down the street. He runs into like six other cars before he crashes on our property. So then he gets out of the truck, right? Throws a match in it to light it on fire. It catches on fire partially, and he starts walking away and he's so drunk, he trips over a, a bulge in the sidewalk, things plants and knocks himself out, right? So I get a phone call Right from the donut shop that's opening up at 4 30, they go, Hey, we've got a truck up on a bollard and a dead guy in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah. And I go, I go, What I go, I'll be right there. So we get there and um and I, you know, so I, you know, I I call candido PD and uh Ron comes out and he's all he's all oh, he goes, We've been chasing this guy all night. And he tells me the story about how this guy, they wouldn't take the the Jail wouldn't take this guy, and they had to cite him. And the guy had the citations in his pocket, you know. So that's what our law enforcement is putting up with. They've literally been hamstrung. Their ability to do any kind of enforcement. Nobody respects them, you know. Well, I was taught when I was a kid: if, he, if a cop pulled you over, yes sir, no sir, I'm sorry sir, and you treated him with respect, you know. Hey and guys, if the cop decided- how do you
0: get out of a fucking ticket? Just be a fucking gentleman or lady and say yep. yes sir, yep, admit yeah. your wrongdoing. Me, Ronda, yeah. only, only fucking officer that gave me a ticket. Actually, there were two of them. One in Virginia, I lied to him, rightly so, deserved. I was racing, got a fucking ticket. Boom. It was my fault. I shouldn't have been racing. Second one, highway patrol. Now, highway patrol is a little bit different. Yeah, they, story, they man. Little oh, t- man, they'll t- give their own mother a ticket. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they will. You know, so, you know, right. you know my booms saying, didn't work that one either.
1: But <laughs> I was a cop. The very first, whenever you play pulled over a highway patrol officer, the first thing they did was they had the badge out and they were expecting that professional courtesy. Yeah. The minute a highway patrol officer pulls you over, oh, you're a cop, you should know better. Yeah. i to write you up and they'll give you an ad. And I'm like, dude, just... Yeah, sh- they give you the airfoil. So, and I have some great friends that are highway patrolmen. Yeah. Uh, the, as a matter of fact, a couple of the sergeants up in the LAPD division are just great guys and they deal with... I mean, those are the guys that chase you know, gang members. Yeah. Yeah. So you. So I mean, you're you're right.
0: It, but it's not only the the street tactics have changed. You Absolutely. Know, we're we're talking about now the higher upper echelon of like these cops are in the middle, like because now they have the gang members, the street problem. Now they have the department head problem, who are like, "What the fuck did you do? You wrote with the wrong pen. You're fired. You're out. You're oh, going to jail." Oh, yeah. Like now they don't did have you, their back. Like back in it, the day. Remark.
1: So uh, here's – I'm going to give you a – I'm not going to name the uh, U.S. District – the Attorney General's name. She was a real pill. Um, So anyways, so I was – when I was working with the U.S. Department of Commerce, because I had a tactical background, I became the federal government's designated expert on use of force policy. I wrote – I helped write the Columbine High School shooting brief. And I wrote the Trayvon Martin brief with George Zimmerman. Remember? Yeah, yeah, no shit. Okay. So so what happened was I got – I received the case. I took a look at the notes, did my interviews, and I wrote a position paper. So the position as an – I write an opinion. So this paper is strictly my opinion. Right. Okay? There's no – I can't be held liable for it. I can't. They can say, well, that's your opinion. And the only weight that it bears is the fact that I'm an expert in this subject matter. Right. So uh, my boss calls me up and goes, hey, you know, Sack Melty, guess what? You got to do some stuff. And this thing was already blown up. It was all over the news and everything else. Like they go, we need you to write an unbiased use of force opinion on this, on George Zimmerman. And what happened? And I'm and I go, okay, you know, whatever. So the um, so the case lands on my desk, and you know, by this time it's file boxes, you know, and the yeah. so the original uh, contact and notes report, the binder was one of those was two of those big thick ones that they taped together. <laughs> so I get it. I start looking at it, and I start, you know, going through stuff, and I write this position paper. My statement of my opinion is that George Zimmerman was not in wrong when he shot Trayvon Martin. The reasons were, and I never mentioned color, race, anything. I never mentioned a thing. All I said was, uh, suspect Martin had repeatedly had contacts um, on the property before. Uh, they'd had uh, violence issues with him. He'd assaulted staff before. Um, has had a distressed relationship with his school, he's been suspended for fighting, you know, and and I list all of these factors, right, that apply to the loss of life. I then look at uh, Zimmerman, he was on duty, in uniform, acting within the course of scope of his duties, he had prior knowledge of this individual, right, and his actions. He had been contacted before about trespassing. Martin had Facebook, it all got deleted later, but yeah, he had yeah, yeah. Facebook posts showing that he – and he had on him at the time precursor chemicals to make drugs. They called it fuel, a couple of different things. But he would brag on Facebook that he was, you know, making drugs and stuff, right? So so through these – through my opinion, I, I stated these series of facts. This is what Martin did. This is what Zimmerman did at this time, you know, and – Never once, not once in my entire report did I mention color, race, racial interaction. Zimmerman was Mexican, but because his name was Zimmerman, everybody thought he was white. He's a, he's a Mexican guy, you know? Oh, right. So he's a minority, right? Uh-huh. And um, But
0: media know, didn't spin it that way.
1: Yeah, well, well, you know, a German got into the woodpile back in the day, and that's how he wound up with the name Zimmerman. <laughs> yeah. You know? so, so I write this position paper, and the next thing I know, I get a phone call that I have to report in to professional standards. And I go, okay, you know, and I show up and they go, they go, um, we're investigating you for racism. And, I go, what? racism. and I go, and they go systemic racism. And I go systemic, I go, where have I ever been racist? You know, I mean, Craig, my dad came home from Vietnam. One of his best friends, my dad's name is Tom. His best friend, his name was Tom. Guy, again, black skin, lived in my house. I never, never even considered, I mean, I'd never been in, like, I never hey, yeah, go yeah. In the South where you referred to them by the N word or anything. Oh, yeah. I, I, I,
0: I'll tell you. I'll tell you a story after you get done.
1: So I know, you know, so I'm like, "When have I ever been racist?" You know, and they go, "They go, do you want to redact your report?" And I'm all, "What report? What? Are, what is this all about?" And it turns out that this attorney general is planning on filing charges against me for creating a racist document against blacks, and I'm like. Show me the document. And he hands me my position report on the Trayvon Martin. And they go, and this AG, she claimed that my report, which was based solely on the facts presented. I mean, I list I had site and source for everything that I did, you know, and I had access to we subpoenaed Facebook. I had access to all the stuff, right? That portrayed this young guy as a criminal. And I portrayed this guy. And he Zimmerman was a a wannabe cop, kind yeah, of. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I can't testify I can't testify to his state of mind or what his deal was. Sure, But sure. in this instance, I don't care what a dirtbag he was or wasn't or whatever, in this instant, he didn't do anything wrong. Right. So I had to state that. I stated that in my report. That's what I get paid to do. But because, I, and I never used color. I never said this black boy or this whatever, but because the suspect- Race doesn't
0: have—race isn't part of the facts,
1: it wasn't. It you know wasn't. that's not. It wasn't at all. The picture that I have pictures of him included in my report that you know and it obviously shows sure. me he's a black male, but sure. that at no time did I say, you know, well, this black guy did this or whatever. I never ever mentioned it. And so I, you know, so I'm sitting there and I'm like, Well, put me up for review, you know. I go, I go, and they're like, Well, we want to know why you and I'm like, Who says this is racist? And they said, Well, this. Certain attorney general did. I go, she's not even part of this case. She's, you know, she's five states north. Why are we? I should probably should, she's north. I should take that out (laughs) because people will start figuring out who she is. But, anyways, it was just, uh, and she, and then she writes in her email to start the investigation uh, of me. She goes, well, it's apparent that according to Agent Nulty, the only good N word is a dead word, right? And she starts using all these, you know, he, you know, he filed, He's he's against the the Negroes, and he's against this, and he's. And I'm like, and she's using all this racial verbiage and just hates hateful stuff, the very epitome of hate speech that the that the Democrats scream, the liberals scream about. Sure. She's using it in these emails. And finally, my boss, you know, looks at her stuff, looks at my stuff, and he goes, "It's not happening." So. I I wrote a small blurb supporting my document. I said, I stand behind it. It's getting submitted. I'm submitting it as an opinion paper, you know. Uh, I've supported it with the facts. If you guys have a problem with me, let me know, and I'll go get, you know, some big-name lawyer that would love to tear this apart. And so it got washed away. But, uh, yeah, so that's what cops are, are dealing with now. Their hands are tied. Everything's about optics, you know, and I'm down. I'm down in sports tree. I got a. I got a guy pulling a samurai sword on me, you know, and um, and they're like, a, "Don't a samurai shoot!" Sword? Samurai sword? Guys can... just walk around with a samurai sword? In... Oh, like, and this was not... This was no, not no. It's all right.
0: With... It, you this can send was... the pictures to us. Send the pictures I, to us later. We'll, we'll use
1: them. In I, I a will. Okay, I was. Yeah, but this, I, I, we laid it on the hood of the car, right? And it go from the windshield to the front of the porch. It was the big one. Oh much you know, and the guy's walking around Midway District in San Diego, threatening to chop people up, you know, and. Uh, and there's nothing. There, he He's just threatening,
0: threatening, and he still probably didn't go to jail.
1: I you know, know he had, so he had, he had robbed somebody with the samurai sword in a Mesa. Oh,
0: and all he right. He actually
1: wound up going to jail, and they were like, are you going to, please tell me you're going to file. I'm like, go, hell yeah, I'm going to file, I'm pressing yeah. charges, you know. And uh, the kid pled out, you know, he took the sure. guilty. I and mean, we have it all on video. But, but yeah, so just law enforcement is in a very bad spot. And it used to be like when we would show up on a call, there was the bad guy, the criminal, the victim, and we were the good guys, right? Right. And at least the victim liked us. The criminals very rarely like. Yeah. Right? sure. Now when we show up, it's just as likely that both the victim and the criminal— hate us you know i mean i thank god i don't do it anymore but yeah i mean mean, cops will show up and they go they go i i you know half of the time these people and these are the screaming liberals they're victims of these hardcore um, criminals yeah and they'll come up and we'll start hooking the cops will start hooking them up and they'll go oh no you don't need to do that you you just need to tell him and we're like lady he just broke into your car and stealing groceries yeah and yeah it just it's surreal So there's a Chinese curse. It says, may you live in interesting times. And it's one of the worst curses you can tell somebody. And right now we are living in interesting times.
0: If you have a heroic story and you'd like to share it, get in contact with us. Our information's in the bio. Also, don't forget to hit the subscribe, like, and share. And then I'll see you on the next episode, badasses.